the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pat Vitucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC or United Planners Financial Services unless otherwise noted on the show. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is not liable for any third-party content. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Proxy Freedom, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, Pat Fatucci, with over 30 years experience in the world of finance and investment planning, with special emphasis on retirement planning. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. My special guest today is C.J. Davidson. C.J. is the CEO and co-founder of Proxy. C.J., welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. It's great to be here. Great to spend some time. So, C.J., we've had a kind of a tumultuous year. We're in the middle of lots of geopolitical issues. Here we are just a few short weeks away from Thanksgiving and Christmas. People start to get really distracted and busy with holiday parties and shopping. Oh, by the way, I hope you've bought my present already. I hate to have a last minute present from you. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm a planner. I got a list. I'm checking it oh, twice. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> During this time of year, I tend to think in a more charitable way. We're all very blessed. If we watch the six o'clock news or maybe just drive downtown, we see some folks who are perhaps not as fortunate. Talk to our listeners about the proxy way of giving and how it may differ from traditional philanthropic approaches. The whole nexus of the giving season here at Proxy is really be a little bit different, especially our leadership team as we're thinking about how to set a tone in the, the last months of the year for our team, for our clients, and really trying to be a little bit different than what we inherently think of in financial services, just to kind of shed a little light. Traditionally, this time of year in big companies or financial services companies, it's all about year-end goals, and pushing sales and pushing new clients and getting things done to hit all those big numbers that you want to hit. That really doesn't translate very well to the culture that we're trying to create here. And what I mean by that is on two different levels. One, and most importantly, with the client. I think when you're concerned with your own business and doing things for yourself at this time of year, you really miss an opportunity to spend a little more methodical time with your clients. A lot of time, clients are thinking about the next year if they're planners and they want to get things done before the holiday season. Or maybe they just had a really stressful year and, and things are a little bit disorganized outside of our review meeting. And they want to spend a little bit of extra time just reviewing everything that's gone on and making sure that they're in the right place. On the other side of it, our advisors, when you push a, someone that focuses their career on providing great service 24-7, 
all 12 months of the year, they don't have a time to reset. They don't have a time to take a deep breath and to look at what they want to be for their clients in the coming year and to reflect on the things that they did and they accomplished and maybe the things that they learned from throughout the year. I think providing that time and calling, we call it the giving season for a bunch of different ways, to be able to kind of take a step back and to not push so hard at this time, but maybe kind of take a pause and look around and see where that time should be spent a little more deliberately. I think provides a really good opportunity for us to be better humans for the people that we serve and and really provide a cool environment with our clients so they can see us more as humans. We have events around the country. Sometimes it's a dinner with your favorite client. Sometimes it's a small event Um, in the Bay Area. We're doing a client event for some of our clients to show appreciation for the work we've done with them throughout the year and how they've trusted us throughout these last 12 months. And really, it's about just forming that better bond. And and that's what's kind of cool. And I think when you do that, we're better servants in our communities. And we have the ability to really think about how we can be the best person that we can be for the people that we want to be for. I like that mentality here. I like that we have the time to take a step back and think about what we're really doing all this for. It's refreshing that what you're basically saying is you're pressing pause on the normal, fast-paced life that we all live. And kind of reflecting and looking back at the year and saying, you know, we were blessed this year and let's talk about how we can share our blessings with others. Give us some real life success stories. Some of the real ways, impactful ways that we help during this time of year is this is really meaningful for us is to sit down with family units, right? Sometimes we work with the matriarch or the patriarch of a family. Sometimes we're working with a successful younger family that has parents or grandparents in the picture that they might be taking care of or that they might be inheriting money from. A lot of what we do is centered around opening up that conversation. Giving season is not just about charitable giving strategies and ways we can help our clients to really increase the impact that they get in the giving that they do for their causes, but also talking about the way that you're going to give the estate and the wealth that you've created as the lead of a family or how you're going to inherit or be given that wealth so that it perpetuates your namesake for many, many generations to come. And a lot of people don't think about it until it's too late. They really have a tough time approaching that conversation. We kind of joke that, you know, instead of talking about politics at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, maybe talk about setting the stage for a family meeting during holiday time at Thanksgiving, where you want to talk about the family's estate and what that means for college tuition for three or four generations. These big decisions and the fortunate ability, let's just call it that, as advisors to be in that room to help kind of guide that and enable those conversations, not only does it create overall wealth retention for families, but it also breaks down those conversations that are sometimes difficult to have, especially like my grandparents never, ever talked about money with anyone in the family. My parents, you got to kind of open them up a little bit. But my kids will probably be very comfortable talking about money because of my kind of weird transitional generation that is kind of thrust into it in many ways. There's a lot that goes into it, but at its root cause, the impact we can have by having the ability to open up those conversations or just provide the, the tools and the resources to put your ducks in a row in the right way and feel empowered by the protection of what you've created. That's part of giving too. And so proxy, certainly we deal with a lot of families, husbands and wives, moms and dads, maybe even kids. The corporate culture and this whole proxy we have giving and the strategies to benefit the bottom line, not only does it feel good and it's the right thing to do, but there's some wonderful tax implications to being generous at the corporate level. 
this is the perfect time of year for your small business to take a look at your profitability and what you're doing. I post every now and then one of our training sessions company-wide. And the one I really like to do is helping small businesses save money on taxes. And a lot of the strategies that we recommend involve giving. Small business owner that has a few employees, let's just go through a random example, right? A small business owner with a few employees has at the end of the day, if they're profitable, the choice between paying taxes or saving that money through different retirement plans or through providing money for their employees through different retirement plans. It's a really common strategy. And that requires the owner of a company to give some of that profit away. In some cases, a lot of that profit away. But the question that we always get down to with those business owners, when, when we kind of lay out all the different options that they really have and the power that they really have as business owners through the tax code and working with CPAs, of course, and working with tax professionals along our sides to make those recommendations for us. But when they see those things and the, the tax professionals lay out those options and they look at us and say, we can implement from a financial planning and wealth management perspective what they're talking about, it kind of opens up their eyes and they say, wow, maybe giving more to my employees is a mutually beneficial thing to do. Maybe just kind of taking a hacksaw and paying a bunch of taxes is, is not as appropriate as taking a scalpel and being very meticulous with how I approach things. We have a real life example of this at the end of last year where the company was very profitable and one of our advisors was working with them. And they said, what do we do? And with the CPA, they laid out some of these examples and they got to have really, really cool conversations with their employees about how much they appreciated them and how much they want them to be involved in the growth of the company for years to come. And here is a gift in the form of bonuses and other things to show appreciation for that. And they didn't know they had those strategies to be able to use. And with the CPAs and the tax professionals at our side, we were able to really provide solutions for them that they felt comfortable implementing that they, I don't think they could have done on their own. In fact, almost no business owner even knows about doing on their own. Giving comes in so many different ways and just empowering through knowledge, individuals and, and business owners, great topic, Pat, the tools that they have at their fingertips to make those autonomous decisions with everything in full transparency is cool because people make really, really cool decisions when they're, when they're empowered that way. You know, what's really interesting about proxy is that certainly go into initial meeting and you got to go through the numbers, you know, how much is your 401k worth, what's your mortgage balance and how old are you and how many kids do you have and quantifying all that kind of boring stuff. But what I like about your team is that they really focus on the bigger picture, the well-being, the lifestyle. What kind of legacy planning do you really want to think about? Those are the things that I think our industry, in a classic kind of way, kind of skips over. And all they do is crunch the numbers. And number crunching is important and it's essential. But once you have all the numbers on the table, not on the eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, then you got to talk about the emotional part. What makes you feel good? What's your lifestyle? What's a legacy planning? And tell me about your children and your grandchildren. And that's where I think you've reiterated to your team of financial professionals to spend a lot of time on those areas. That really kind of closes the circle on looking at the entirety of someone's financial life. So that kind of theme is tethered in everything that we do. When I'm talking to someone thinking about joining the company as an advisor, I use this analogy a lot. I was a theater minor in college. I always think about when I was playing a role and I had a script and I did a lot of Shakespeare. Shakespeare is difficult to be able to tell the story unless you really understand the lines and you really understand what you're saying because it's the inflection with which you say things and it's your body language and it's you telling the story almost in a foreign language sometimes. 
to be able to tell a good story, to be able to be a great advisor, you have to be really good at the things that you do, right? You have to be great at wealth management. You have to be great at planning, or you have to have a team by your side that's really, really good at that. That's a prerequisite because your job as an advisor, especially with technology and the way the world's moving to being able to automate and AI being able to help with a lot of the, the numbers and the number crunching of this business, to be able to be a professional that's great at proxy, we really feel like you have to be beyond just being good at the service that you do. You have to be focused on telling the story, which in our business is building trust and really understanding who the client is. And when you can do that, when you have a genuine relationship with someone, then you have the permission to be in the conversation and ask those questions like, why don't we get your family involved? Have you ever thought about this? Those thought-provoking questions, I think, are going to be necessary in our business for a very long time. And working with someone that sees beyond the sale associated with whatever they say, but looking at the bigger picture of how that helps us better shepherd them through their financial life, that's where the good stuff is. And everything we do, the way we help our advisors, the way our sales process works, the way we review with our clients, all of it is about pushing everything else aside and making sure it's done really, really well, maybe better than our competition, but not hanging our hat on that, hanging our hat on the autonomous time we have to really forge a real relationship with these people that we call our clients. You know, God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. We've trained all the proxy folks to be good listeners. And I think that's what you're saying. With me in studio today is CJ Davidson. CJ is the CEO and co-founder of Proxy. This has been a really enjoyable time. CJ, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Pat. And I must say, I've really enjoyed over the last couple of weeks listening to the podcast. Keep doing your thing and I'm here for it. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Historically, when you think of retirement age, especially back in the era when mom and dad or maybe grandma and grandpa retired, normally you got into your late 50s, early 60s and thought, okay, I've I've kind of paid my dues. It's time to sort of bring the train into the station and into the depot and enjoy the fruit of my labor and enjoy retirement. And certainly in a day and an age when Oftentimes, life expectancy wasn't until the later to early 70s. That made a lot of sense. But does the notion of retiring at 62 or 65 or even anywhere in the 60s today really still make sense? And to help us answer that question, Pat Vitucci. And Pat, I have to wonder, you know, when you've got 70 and 80-year-olds that go skydiving from airplanes for fun, does it really make sense that we look at 60 or 65 and say, that's it, I'm going to extract myself out of the workplace suddenly? Last week on one of those news programs, there was a a gentleman in Florida, 107 years old, driving a brand new red convertible, a Mercedes red convertible, with his newly engaged partner, who was 100 years old, said they were going to be getting married soon, and he's tooling around in... South Beach, Florida, in this red convertible, looked really sharp, looked really bright. He says he's been driving for 80 years. I hope that's all of us listening today. And certainly, uh, Craig, uh, I hope that kind of formula belongs to us as well. But you're right. 65 is that magic number that we have in the back of our mind that is slowly dissipating in terms of real number. All the trends around the globe are pointing towards older retirement. Either A, because you really enjoy it and you're healthy, or because you need the money. Now, in the USA, a majority of the workers say they will work beyond 65 or never retire. 
How's that one? But the age and the default is certainly creeping up. Countries like the U.S., Netherlands, France, and Spain are all moving towards 67. And I submit to you in USA, it's even higher. We've got this mindset. If we're living longer, you've got to have a chunk of money to live for maybe 40 years. That's a pretty daunting number to think I've got to have sustainable income. What is that going to do to your portfolio? And will you have to go be an Uber driver or take that classic Home Depot part-time job? We know there's been some resistance. In France, they've taken to the streets. They're protesting, plan to overhaul the country's pension system. All he wants to do is move it from 62 to 64. We should all move to France and retire with a full pension at 64. Now, whether their full pension as spendable as our Social Security check, it's probably way too modest to uh, live on. And so, so the trends are clearly there. You know, years ago, it, my life expectancy was much shorter. And so you wanted to retire and go on a trip or two, literally sit on the front porch with a glass of lemonade, watch the world go by for maybe a year or two or three. And that was the extent. And now we know those numbers are just radically different. The fact is, many folks have not saved enough to retire comfortably. The movement to no income tax states like Texas, Florida, etc., is a big, big movement. Movement internationally to Panama, to Portugal, to Costa Rica. I've had clients do that very thing, live very, very comfortably on a Social Security check, never mind any other asset base that you might have. So there are options. Healthcare is always an issue. You've got to make sure wherever you're going to land, there's some healthcare system that you would qualify for and have expectations of some kind of coverage. Always a big issue. The country with the highest age is 67. And I think now we've got in our country, the full retirement age is at or approaching 67. It goes up a couple months every year. So FRA, full retirement age, is 66 in X months. And I think it's this year that it'll actually spill into age 67. Interestingly, China and Turkey came in with the lowest retirement age of 58. So if you live in China and Turkey, you can retire at 58 with their Social Security check. And again, I have no idea how much it covers, but I'm going to suggest it's a fairly modest number. In every country around the globe, retirement ages are creeping up, whether we like it or not. This is kind of the prevailing benchmark of just increasing age. And so it's interesting to see how countries are reacting to supporting their citizens with their basic social security system, whatever that might be. We know in our country, the social security system is broke. It's paying out more than it's taken in. So increasing age every year will eventually cure that problem. But it's been said when the boomers die and move on to their rich rewards, the social system will have a surplus. That's an interesting development that we'll have to see. Will they then um, go back to a lower age because there'll be such a big, big surplus of monies coming in? Probably not, because by then, longevity age will continue to go up given medical advances and better diets and exercise, et cetera, et cetera. So interesting observations in terms of full retirement age you got to have a plan. Over 50% of people who retire without a plan of what they're going to do with all that time 
flunk out of retirement. They say, oh my gosh, I have to do something. They're climbing the walls. They're getting on their spouse's nerves and, you know, they're alphabetizing the herb rack and they're cleaning the garage once a week and that pattern gets old. And so you've got to have a plan of action. What is your plan to consume all those extra hours that you didn't have, whether it's giving back to society, being a consultant, being a teacher aide, doing something to kind of give back and have a regime, have a timetable, have a program available that will um, make that a productive time. And so you're not bored to tears and you're not one of those 50% of retirees who fail retirement. How do you fail retirement? Well, it happens, Craig. And uh, you've got to have a plan of action of what you're going to do with with all that time. And I guess then to sort of put a bow on this, this is no longer just simply a matter of a date on a calendar. It's other considerations like longevity and what you plan to do when you retire and what kind of lifestyle you wish to enjoy and what your resources, your, that critical mass is that you've assembled throughout your working years to take you through your retirement years. Is this a shifting target, Pat? And if so, is it wise for somebody as they begin to approach retirement age or start thinking about it and say, gee, it could happen anywhere within the next 10, 15 years to maybe sit down with an advisor from Vitucci and Associates and talk about what all the options look like? That's certainly a great idea. What we've got to do is look at the pattern of savings, the pattern of growth. Are you eating into your principal at an early age or are you growing your principal by significant numbers? And let's sprinkle in a really bad idea, a job loss. Your boss comes up to you and says, sorry, our corporate numbers aren't good. We can't support you anymore. Friday is your last day and you're going to get X weeks of severance. becomes really difficult to find a replacement role. And I don't care how many years experience you have, but the world discriminates against advanced year people, right? And so that's probably not going to go away tomorrow. And so something like 26% of people in those early 60 age group kind of land in that in that boat. And it's, it's silly to think it won't happen to you. I had a, a gentleman come in. He belongs to a giant engineering company, very successful. He was doing, making a lot of money. His portion of that engineering company's facet of work was not doing well. And despite the company doing well, his division was not, and he lost his job. He was very interested in working till 70, and he was only 61. And so that kind of a person may or may not find it easy or difficult to find a job. So the point is, have a plan B in case somebody else makes that decision for you, and are you prepared sufficiently to have some sustainable income for a long, long time? If you have any questions or would like to take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review, really an opportunity to get a handle on exactly what your nest egg looks like and whether or not it's sufficient to take you to and through retirement. To schedule your appointment, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE, or don't invest and forget.com. All of us understand, I think, at some point as we're working through our career and eventually looking down the horizon toward retirement, that we need to be actively engaged. That means not just contributing on a routine basis to an IRA or a 401k, but also, as Pat always reminds us, not to invest and forget, meaning you need to actively manage those monies. 
But along the way, as we exercise that discipline, there are other types of mistakes that we can potentially make that could be extremely detrimental to not just our success at retirement planning, but eventually detrimental to our retirement. We take a few moments now to take a look at the 10 worst retirement planning mistakes to avoid as our host, Pat Fitucci, kind of unpack these 10 things to avoid. And Pat, it's not an exhaustive list per se, but it's a list that has more commonality with the way most Americans behave when it comes to their relationship with money than many perhaps might surmise. Yeah, Craig, you're right. You know, we put more time and energy into planning our next vacation than planning our retirement. Okay, vacation's a couple weeks. Retirement could be a couple decades. And one of the things that really specialize in when folks come in for that no obligation consultation, literally create a roadmap to retirement. Writing down a plan is essential. And you would think, okay, it makes a lot of sense. But how many times have you taken the time for you and if you're married, your spouse to say, okay, What is my lifestyle going to look like? How is my health going to interact with that? And look at the debits and credits, look at the assets and liabilities and literally create a plan. And it sounds fundamental and it sounds basic, but unless you write it down, the old adage is you don't see that goal. You don't see that plan in place. You're just kind of haphazardly going down the road and hoping and praying you've done all the right things and... You're going to have enough money. Do you have enough? How much is enough? And the answer is very different for all of us. What is our monthly nut? What is our, what are our plans? What are our aspirations? What are our legacy plans? Do we want to leave money to kids or do we want to let that last check bounce? So all those things, having a plan in place is really critical. So where are the wise choices? Let's talk about where do you invest? And it really comes down to your risk appetite. You ultra conservative, you nervous as heck about watching Wall Street and all its ups and downs, or are you really aggressive? You want to invest in uh, a SPAC, a special purpose type of investment. It really comes down to your intestinal fortitude of putting up with that level of risk. And there are a whole host of different sectors from stock markets and bond markets and utility markets, real estate markets, overseas markets, emerging markets. You have a certain sector you're really comfortable with. You are a plumber and you really like the building industry. Okay, then that's your comfort level. You're a real estate broker. You're going to probably tilt your investment wisdom towards real estate. So it's really what you're comfortable with, but getting outside of the comfort zone we think it's real important to diversify into different markets so that you have this ebb and flow of some sustainable kind of income throughout your lifetime. All right, let's talk about the bad news, taxing. We're going to get taxed on some gains. We're going to get taxed on income. We're going to get taxed at the estate level. What have you done to look at the tax implications of what you're doing? There's tax-free, tax-deferred, and taxable. What combination of those three things works best for you? And the answer is, it depends on your marginal tax bracket. So your marginal tax bracket will dictate what proportion of your money should be in taxable, tax-free, tax-deferred. 
you're going to pay Uncle Sam because we live in a great country. You're going to pay for services. And how much of your hard-earned money are you going to have to fork over to Uncle Sam? Therein lies that deft touch of creating a tax-optimal plan for you and your family so that you give your fair share, but you use every legitimate tax rule in the country to your favor. And failure to do that, shame on you for giving up too much to Uncle Sam. So, again, tax prudence is real important. Please let me emphasize that tax professionals are not a part of Vitucci and Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. How about health issues? We've talked about all the good stuff and life is going to be great when I retire. The reality of it is some of us will have health issues. How does that affect your portfolio? Certainly if you're over 65, 65 or over, you're going to enjoy Medicare. Medicare is a great system. Pretty much takes care of most of your health costs. There's a confusion that some people actually think if I get subject to a nursing home or if I need in-home care, a nurse or somebody to help me bathe or dress, that Medicare is going to cover that. Not true. Long-term care plans, you just mention the word and people run the other way. Oh my gosh, if I buy it, I'm going to probably need it. Obviously, that's not true. But the cost of an average nursing home in California today is over $9,000 a month. And if you or your spouse or God forbid both of you needed long-term care confinement, think of how quickly that can erode even a healthy portfolio. So we always talk about let's get a quote for that nursing home care, which includes nursing home confinement, medical care in the home by a registered nurse or LVN, licensed vocational nurse, or even just help with bathing and dressing. The bathing and dressing people who come in and help you with some of the basic things in life they're $25, $35 per hour. So really, we need to give some real cautionary advice to look at the health care and potential long-term care exposure. We know the Social Security system is has been kind of the backbone of a lot of our retirement plans. And so the big question is, do you take it at 62? Do you wait till full retirement age, 65, 66, and X months, all depending on your age? Or should you wait from 65, 66 to 70? Every year you wait from that year forward, your income goes up guaranteed 8% a year. It's 8% return. That's pretty cool to enjoy that benefit and get a guaranteed upgrade of 8% a year. So if you can afford it, if you love what you do, your health is good, Certainly, you want to wait until age 70. Any questions, Triple Eight Plan Wise? That's 888 P L A N W I S E or website don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of the Bay Area offices of Proxy Freedom near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888 888- 
P-L-A-N-W-I-S-C. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Petrucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC or United Planners Financial Services unless otherwise noted on the show. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is not liable for any third-party content. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Proxy Freedom, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 